0: Welcome everyone to the Gathering Movement, where we gather our minds, discuss, and riff on topics like spirituality, leadership, energetics, and metaphysics, all from the realm of unlimited potentiality. It is really my greatest hope for all who listen to this show that you leave here being reminded of what is possible for you. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everyone. This is an episode with Tatiana Villarea. This is actually the third time we tried recording it. It was one of those things. Things just kept getting in the way. So this is a conversation we connected over a book called Reality Transurfing. And I want you, before you dive too deep into this episode, go check out episode 60 that I just posted the other day. I talk a little bit more about this book, the concept of pendulums, our creative potential, the polarizing aspects of a pendulum. And if you have no idea what I mean, yeah, go listen to that episode. It'll be helpful. Now, this is a cool conversation with Tatiana because we talked a little bit about the book, but we really talked about manifestation. We talked about her journey into being a hypnotherapist and how she believes that the body is the most important vessel and vehicle to materialize thought. It was really she worded everything so beautifully i really enjoyed it so let me just introduce her really quick tatiana villarea is a hypnotherapy specialist intuitive and inner success coach for heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to overcome emotional triggers fears and doubts so that they can build successful businesses with more self-awareness balance and ease so important she is the author of a proprietary method that combines highly effective emotional quantum healing body memory release subconscious and other techniques to help release the root causes of various limiting patterns And ultimately address them holistically on the levels of body and emotional memory, energy, and mind. Tatiana's biggest passion is to empower entrepreneurs to achieve emotional healing, inner confidence, and mastery in order to create the impact, income, and fulfillment that they deeply desire. Yeah, this was such a good conversation because we did go deep. We talked about the body. We talked about emotional memory. We talked about trauma. We talked about how this is held in our cellular memory and how important it is to get to the root of our issues before we try to manifest everything in the world and then aren't able to actually sustain what it is that we desire. So enjoy this episode. Thank you, Tatiana, and I hope you have a great day, everyone. Welcome back, Tatiana. I'm very glad that we are doing this. This is round three. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome.
1: Hi, hi, everybody. I'm Bridget. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> you know, what? it
0: has been funny because I think we've just gotten more time to hang out through some tech challenges and other challenges that have arisen. So it's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yes. So our original uh, conversation was about this book and this topic of reality, trend surfing, navigating reality, understanding these pendulums and what they look like in our life. Um, And understanding how these pendulums kind of take some of our creative energy and our creative force. So I'd love to just start with a question of your perspective on this topic and this book, you know, the perspective of pendulums, our creative energy, just anything that's coming to mind for you
1: hmm. Well, first of all, I read the book, as I already mentioned before, but for you listeners, I read the book like 10 years ago after I was diagnosed with a developing cancer and went through a surgery for it. Right. So I um, uh, it served a purpose at this time, and it was a life changing experience reading it. And um, it, it, it was one of those pivotal moments um, that started me on this journey. Right. Um, so I have a different perspective on it now versus what it used to be when I originally read it. And um, the um, the take I have at this moment, right? That um, I agree with the author in so many, so many way- ways, right? And I absolutely agree on this creativity. And I know it's so important for you and your audience, the creativity aspect that when we kind of plug into that, which he calls the pendulum. And it's the energetic field that we all feed, uh, especially collectively when we all um, fall for the same trap, so to say, and we give away our energy to feed that, those mechanisms, the, the pendulums, right? And uh, uh, we might get um, something positive out of it, right? Especially, In the short run but in the long run what happens is it actually we give away um we feed it literally we feed it with our energy and uh creativity has everything to do with it and in my own professional life right now um i got to understand that it's not as simple as he portrays it in the book in terms of oh just we can just choose and then stick to this new reality vision that we have because he doesn't take into consideration the body, as much as I've realized to um, on my own journey, right? And um, it's not a it's not a just an accident that my journey started with the health issues. And right now, right, I work with female entrepreneurs and doing emotional healing and trauma work. But everything I'm doing right now. Um, begins and began with this premise that we cannot just change by mindset alone and thinking and mindset work has its own place that's why it's so popular and it's important right but without uh, releasing that um, the emotions that we carry from whatever past triggering events and for many of us for most of us it's trauma we can't release the whole because we literally run the neurological pathways our neurocircuitry is as such that it's customized and uh based on that past traumatic event or some wounding rejection abandonment right and it's uh, part of our human experience we all have gone through some level of trauma and most of us don't recognize it and we are not educated enough uh But back to the mindset, it's very different. When our body runs addictive chemicals, which emotions are, and the stronger the emotion, and the more negative it is, the more addictive it is. And again, going back to the pendulums, this is how we feed them. But it's very difficult to decide without unhooking the body's addiction and neurochemical neurological addiction. So that's where I come into this place now. I understood it very differently when I read the book ten years ago, but my life practice and my then what I've done in my own experience with my trauma, and how it played out in my entrepreneurial journey and all the blocks it created, and all the uh, turmoil uh, emotionally, the roller coasters and doubts and imposter syndrome and whatnot, I get to see it differently now. So I see that um, what indigenous people throughout the, the years knew. They all knew that any approaches that we do to change and transform have to include the body.
0: Yeah, this is really well put. And I I do believe that as humans on this planet, you know, there are many spiritual practices that disconnect us in a way from our bodies, right? They try to bring us like higher and higher and higher. But I do believe that our physical bodies are part of our gift in our humanity and i believe the spiritual practice and like these teachings are actually to teach us how to be human in our bodies and navigate reality in times of turmoil of challenge of stress of beauty of of loss of grief of joy you know all of it but it has to be experienced through the physical vessel and a lot of times we're thinking oh no it's outside we have to ascend up and yes and no right
1: yeah but it's also it's actually the very consequence of trauma and emotional wounding we dissociate from the body that what you just said is brilliant and it's actually it proves the point one more time right <laughs> one more time that when something really traumatic happens the shock to the system and trauma is not what happens to us as an event, whatever, a war or somebody robbing us or doing something uh, and affecting our safety. It's not only that, it's actually how our nervous system uh, perceives whatever is happening in our sensitivity and our level of resilience or absence of it. And the support we have in the moment is very hugely. And this is why we can't do this healing work alone support itself is transformational right because we are rewriting that traumatic experience with somebody else's help but going back to that thinking that it's somewhere above and beyond when it's only the very symptom that we need to heal yeah Mm. absolutely
0: Mm. i want to hear your take on a lot of these types of practices that talk about you know attract the life of your dreams um, the secret uh manifestation materialization of thought and i'd love to just hear your perspective on these things because mine is i believe that many of them are rooted in in truth but it leaves out
1: some parts of the equation absolutely and absolutely Um, two absolutely i totally agree it leaves a very important part of the equation again a part of it is going to be the body and um also i believe that all of these principles work and this is how we create the reality using the quantum principles but again if it was so simple we would all be in nirvana ascended uh in bliss and peace forever by now but yet if we look at our reality and our mess that the planet is in that the humans are deeply hurting in that's not the case if it was as simple as just dreaming and manifesting we would all be living uh, in peace and being millionaires and billionaires i keep repeating it over and over again so it's actually my favorite question so what might be uh, what is it that we might be missing then Um, and another example would be i know a lot of people who manifest things in their life they they go to the meditation retreats you know with famous practitioners and i've done that too and i believe myself to be a very very strong manifester i've manifestors i have manifested trips to the galapagos islands while being paid um, for free obviously i've manifested um i don't know crazy things in my life i am absolutely a believer visualization manifestation all of it but the biggest transformations i had was when i combined the deep emotional healing and trauma work releasing the holds that the body has because the body kind of becomes a mind of its own and drags us back including by plugging us into those pen- pendulums that the uh, the author of the book um transurfing book uh, talks about so if we don't work on the body and how it holds it it just takes extra effort it extremely it's extremely hard much more harder than it could be if we resolve the root causes first, the pain first. So we then vibrate differently. It takes less effort. And another component I would mention, I know many people like me who manifest stuff. And then something happens in their life where that manifestation either is taken away. I literally know many, many people from those uh, communities, like with thousands of people in groups of the famous Practitioner, neuroscientist who teaches the stuff, right? Uh love, love, love him. You probably know who I'm talking about, Dr. Joe Dispenza, to the point where I manifested my personal one-on-one conversation with him. Amazing guy, one of the people who are who is this like he, there's no discrepancy between what he's on stage and what he's in real life. If anything, he's um He in person, he's even more amazing. And again, I manifested the retreats and the money and the and even the conversation with him. But I see so many people in these communities who manifest it because it's not the problem to manifest things, it's the problem to sustain it in our life. Because if the in inside our reality, our subconscious beliefs and our body is its own consciousness and intelligence believe differently, we're not going to hold on and sustain it's not enough to manifest the unicorn partner, it's not enough to manifest a million dollars, we have to sustain and know how to keep it. And that's where the deep work comes to mind and into place.
0: And the purpose. I love this. Another thing, I another example of this would be um, in, in business and in entrepreneurship, you see like the 10K months or blah, 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 blah. And the person has it once and then struggles to hold it. And then in, and in the Kundalini tradition, there are a 10 body system. So mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, the negative mind, positive mind, neutral mind. It's also the body, the aura, blah, blah, blah all these things. And one of the teachings is we have to be able to literally hold the energy within our system but it's not just mentally it's not just the mental projection of of the desire it's also in the physical body it's also in the aura the electromagnetic field it's throughout all of the bodies and that's the thing that most people struggle with because they can Mm -hmm. get the desire in the moment but they don't have the ability to sustain hold um, and keep that energetic capacity for uh, a, a continuous time which is exactly what you're saying so interesting
1: Mm, a brilliant comment absolutely and uh I would add something else to this these teachings for manifestation visualization they actually uh teach about it they talk about it but it's harder uh to make it happen and live like that than to teach about it or practice it at the retreat so and why this is when the pendulum actually would come handy as the explanation because a negative emotion is much more addictive and it's stronger and it's much easier to keep it. And the pendulums of this world support our negative emotions. Look at the fear-mongering, look at everything that's happening around the world. These fields, the pendulums, I, I prefer to see them as energetic fields. They support us living and the fear and negative emotions because this is the strongest energy it's much harder to be happy 24 7. and if you were a normal person like everybody you probably know right and the, <laughs> your audience probably know that it's much harder to be in this nirvanian bliss and hold consistency in our broadcast so to say in that vibe of whatever that law of attraction whatever these um teachings um are talking about and part of it is because if your body uh holds um when the body holds trauma it actually literally the trauma lives in our body it lives in our neurocircuitry trauma lives in our brain and unless these patterns and it, it, and it's ho- and it's held by a strong emotion so unless that emotion is um released on the level of the body and the mind this is how we organically, naturally reset the mindset. We can do it the reverse way when we are trying to push through and will through and set our mind a certain, you know, positive way, think differently and positively, or we can release and unhook that which the body became addicted to. And then the mindset naturally changes. I can't give enough examples of how many times it happened in my own life and in the lives of my clients. When they come to me, they think that we're going to do subconscious, you know, hypnosis and mind work and rewriting their programming on that mind level because they've been conditioned by the patriarchal system that has taught it for a while, right, that the mind is first. But I bring them back to their body's intelligence and emotional intelligence. And when we release that, they can't get they, they are amazed at how the mind naturally switches. And so we can will through and do it the mind first way, or we can do it emotion and body first way. And um, I have years of practice to prove that that second way would be the most the easiest the most in flow and we want to live in flow
0: that was so well put you know I'm sitting here like internally laughing this is why we recorded this episode you know three times we're really this is beautiful just dialogue and commentary and I love that we're still able to bring in you know the book which is the basis of like why we connected but I think it's being taken to a deeper level and I'd love to hear more about your background, your um, experience, your knowledge, in not only just hypnotherapy, because I know your work goes so much deeper. So yeah, just tell us all about it.
1: Well, ultimately, the bigger scope of my work is consciousness work in terms of how to become self-aware individuals and get to that emotional freedom, because everybody wants what freedom, financial freedom, emotional freedom, mental freedom. That's why we all obsess about that mindset work and everything don't get me wrong i believe in mindset work but i believe that it became a struggle and by the way this is what robs us robs, robs us of our creativity because when we struggle to change our mindset and our beliefs and thoughts right we then um basically waste so much of our resources and energy trying to change ourselves and do something against our whatever that habit, whatever the habitual state is. And, and this is what kind of shuts off the creativity because all our effort goes on fighting what is, but what if we don't fight, right? And this is what my work comes into play. I began this journey from this health story. This is like, but even before then, again, I, I started reading this kind of literature and con- doing consciousness work and self-awareness work and meditating and doing yoga when I was 17 years old. And then at age 21, this is when I got my surgery, the diagnosis, doctor scared me to death. I will basically, I was told I would have to live in fear for the rest of my life. And I knew that that's not going to be the case, right? I did not agree to this prognosis. Okay. And this is when I deepened into my work, into this inner work, because I actually, um, at this time when the health issues started and were happening, I was a new immigrant. I came to America with $350 in my pocket. I was alone, a new immigrant, and the life of fear and survival, all of this, what feeds those pendulums, going back, perfect example. I bumped into the book, the book was pivotal. And then I realized um, I needed to heal. I needed to make sure the cancer wouldn't come back because the doctors were scaring me and telling me to live, uh, you know, checkup from checkup, right? Um, and uh, I've tried everything under the stars, all the natural eating ways and different methods and meridians work and, you um, uh, you know, b- body practices uh, to heal both the, the, the development, the, the ch- cellular changes, and also my um, injury from it. I literally had neurological damage to my nerves. And this is when and how I realized uh, how important the body is. That neurological damage was influencing my uh, brain connection and the body connection and it actually alters neurochemicals, oxytocin and uh, opioids and dopamine. I was a mess. And this is when I realized I have to devote every possible effort and find my way. And I looked in every possible modality and I found hypnotherapy. And the hypnotherapy I found was not the suggestive kind or was not just working with emotions. It was one of those quantum uh, expanded states type of hypnosis because ultimately what i believe hypnotherapy is a way to open up the door that otherwise is closed for most of us and some people use chemicals to get there some people use meditation to get there but it's very different to practice meditation when you don't know what you're doing now a hypnosis a hypnotic state as an expanded state of consciousness state can be used to do it and to connect with our higher aspects, with our higher guidance. And I actually found out in this process, what was the purpose of this disease? What was the lesson of the disease? And what was the root cause, which was very connected to my trauma, multiple traumas. And then I started healing my trauma and releasing its hold over my body and neurocircuitry. This changed my life. And ever since, I studied multiple styles of hypnotherapy, but none of them fit in into the whole picture, and none of it was enough. So I created my modality because I realized it's not just suggestive kind. It's not just in, it's not enough to suggest something into your subconscious. Then, so basically, how I view suggestive hypnotherapy, and it's very un- unpopular opinion, and I'm aware of it. But we can suggest something onto our subconscious mind when our body and our emotions are not healed and screaming and broadcasting something very different it's going to create a conflict i personally have experienced a panic attack after a suggestive hypnosis with a very with a famous hypnotherapist i've done it all i invested so much money i was exploring different people and how they do it because i realized my way and perception of what hypnotherapy is is very different So I know it's a long answer, but I had to create my own method because it's not just putting suggestion in. It needs to actually rewire what was to create what we want. And then, again, that expanded um, state of consciousness, perception of hypnosis, emotional healing, transgenerational work. And that's uh, a whole different can of worms that we don't have time to open up now. But a big portion of my work would be dealing with transgenerational imprints and trauma that are all, by the way, are in the body because they're passed down to us with the genes. We don't even know the the people who went through some really traumatic events. Their genes got signaled in a certain way and they were passed down to us and we are the product. We don't even know the people who went through these experiences. For example, I have many, many, many women I've worked with whose sexual trauma was connected to their female lineage. And it actually colors their whole entire experience with who they are and how they feel as women. And they don't even know that grandmother or great-grand-great mother who went through this, or in my case, Second World War, Speaking of pendulums and huge energetic fields that we plug into, my grandparents' experience in the Second World War was traumatic and very impactful. um, And it showed up in my business. Mm -hmm. And when I clear it, my business changed. When we heal the trauma and sexual trauma and visibility fears that stem from it all, And all those imposter syndromes, this is when our businesses and lives change. And I just happen to now apply it to business, last component to wrap it up. I apply it to business because I, same as like, same as what you were doing. I want to bring this work to women who want to change the world. I want to help women who are visionaries, who are transformational experts of whatever sort, maybe they have amazing products or they are more in like service-based, right, work practitioners, experts, hypnotherapists, different coaches, right, who have all these blocks and a feeling like fraud and having self-doubts and going through the emotional roller coasters and it shuts down their creativity and they have inconsistent, you know, what you said about the money. It's not enough to manifest it once, right, or even twice. It's It's a way of being. So I realized that all of this lives in our bodies, not just the minds. And I developed a methodology on how to help because I've gone through it myself. I realized how trauma showed up in my own business in my life. I healed my body, my business, my relationships, my tr- my childhood trauma, and I saw how it changed my work. And now I want to do the same for other women. Yeah, and that's my biggest passion in life.
0: I love it. It was so so well put. I. I understand every every piece of the puzzle and I always see like our journey is like that. It's like these little puzzle pieces that don't make sense in the time. But then yeah. when we look back, it's like, oh, my gosh, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. What have been or who have been some of your greatest teachers or, or teachings or other books that have really guided you on your own journey to coming to your own conclusions?
1: Oh, I've been a reader my whole life. Um, so that would be a very long list. We'll and, for then, hours. and then actually when I interview, uh, interviewed you in my group, I mentioned that I stopped reading a couple of years ago. Because at some point you realize that all this uh, wisdom becomes within and lives within. And as meditators, as you know, I practice daily what I teach others and guide others through. I do the hypnosis on myself. I work and extend the states of consciousness daily. And um, that kind of became all internal. But there were, of course, many people who, including the the book, The Surfing, including Dr. Joe Dispenza, I mean, All of this is valuable and valid, but at the end of the ends, we have to find our way and actually kind of discern what other people teach and understand that we might have a different situation. For example, people who live to, uh, who teach masses, like mm, who teach many people at the same time, they physically cannot, I mean, they literally cannot stand there on stages and say, you have to heal your trauma and do individual work. They can't, because otherwise people will be like, oh, it won't work for me. So they teach it to the masses and it's absolutely understandable, I absolutely get it. But when people are listening and they think, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna work for me, and it does, but it takes years when basically, such as in cases with um, the famous um, meditation practices, right? Ultimately, what it is, it's hypnosis. So we can self uh, do it and do meditation and struggle, or we can go to a practitioner who sees the blind spots, guides us to the blind spots, guides us quicker in a more navigatable way. But ultimately, meditation is hypnosis, right? but a very navigable way to heal and actually target those wounds and trauma. And in my case, I work with the neurological, the patterning, right, and the emotional release in a very particular way that the body can understand, not just the mind, and it's not just conceptual. So we can do it the long stretched out way and suffer, or we can do it in a more targeted methodological way with you know, proven results and mm, save ourselves some struggle.
0: (laughs) You said something there that is very important. It's very, uh, relatable to the times and it's discernment. It's understanding Uh what is yours and what is not yours and what is true for you and honoring what is true for someone else. And I believe that these are important times where we're given a lot of choices and there's a lot of opinions on different choices, but at the end of the day, it's always about coming back to what works best for us. There are a million teachings out there. There are a million teachers Absolutely. out there. There's books. There's, there's so much information that's not the issue these days, but it's what is right for you, what feels true to you. And sometimes we have to cut off the outside sources to ask ourselves those deeper questions.
1: I would even say, Bridget, that it's all the times that we have to cut out the noises and listen. Um, And, you know, it gets to a certain point, we collect information, collect information, and then we have to, to discern, discern, discern. And as practitioners, that's how we create something of our own. And we don't have to put down other people because all this work has its application. But if we're talking particularly about trauma and emotional wounding and betrayal and fear of rejection and what, like, sexual um, trauma for so many women, um, we, that's why I am saying it with, you know, my angle and my experience. And another note uh, would be uh, meditation is absolutely, absolutely necessary. And I absolute I would not survive this life and this madness without meditation. So in no way I am uh, saying to people not to meditate or not to do manifestation of, or visualization. All of this is necessary. But if we are doing all of this, so this is how I look at it. If we've been doing all of this, we've been using all these practices and in business, we've been using all the marketing and all the strategy, and we've been posting and attracting and vibing and visualizing and using business strategy, but yet we are still not living our dreams, not um, there where we wanna be. That means we are having some blind spots And this is when this deeper work is necessary. So it's again, it's discernment and inner wisdom of, okay, if I'm doing everything, what maybe, maybe I'm missing something, maybe I'm missing something. And maybe there is a little tweak. I mean, not a little, but a tweak that needs to be done.
0: So as we wrap this up, I have two final questions. Um, number one is where can people find you? I have a feeling that they're going to be like, this is really cool. I like her. I like what she is saying here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, um, Bridget, and um, I would love to join. Uh, I would like. I would love to invite people to join my small growing group. Uh, I've been. Mo, you know mostly uh publishing and posting and sharing this information on my own page on facebook tatiana Villarea, right i'm the from what i know i'm the only tatiana Villarea on facebook uh with one l with one r um and um i would say i'm growing the group i putting all the focus to share a lot more information about these kind of topics in there. So Soul Driven um, uh, Female Entrepreneurs. I can put the link somewhere or I don't know if you put the links right. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, Soul Driven Female Entrepreneurs Impact and Income Growth. Um, That's the name of the group Uh, and my personal page on Facebook. Uh, where I share daily because again, this is my life purpose. This is my mission. If somebody taught me these principles when I began my entrepreneurial journey or my healing journey physically or the relationship fiascos that I've gone through, (laughs) (laughs) if somebody was sharing this with me, I would have been uh, there faster. But again, I had to discover everything so I could, right? We can have something to teach without going through this hero journey. And um, the archetypes don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we go through this hero's journey as the archetype for a reason. And uh, I would love to see people uh, join my group, my Facebook page. And of course, there's a website, TatianaMilleray.com. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: Okay, last question, last but not least Mm -hmm. drum roll. What is your highest vision that you hold for humanity?
1: Oh, there is so much vision I hold for humanity, but applicable to today's conversation. Um, and I know you did an episode on the Transurfing book. book, um, maybe people who haven't listened um, can uh, listen to that episode or join my Facebook page or, you know, this discussion about the different ways how we plug in to those pendulums and feed them with our energy. And we think when we are in the midst of this oh my god uh who am i to do this and teach that and and like struggling with claiming our expertise or writing your the book in your case and what you do right all the doubts all the fear of visibility in the midst of all of this we think it's our journey and we are going through this alone and um Something's wrong with us and we tried all that mindset work and something and you know, it's not working and how come it worked for her, not for me? Uh, by the way, uh, an answer to it would be, it might be because of the trauma, wink, wink. But going back to um, unplugging from that, we what we feed because when we think it's only our own journey and it's only we feel this and somehow it's all it's only about us without seeing the bigger picture, that we all ultimately play out the same wounds all over again uh, individually and as a collective. And when we do this healing, we don't, when we get on this journey and decide to commit to inner growth and see our, be it our book or be it our relationship or be it our business as the spiritual growth journey. And it goes side by side and becoming this better human and the best person we can be. When we commit to it, we are not doing it just to solve our own stuff. We are ultimately contributing to the greater whole. So the best way to change the world is change ourselves. That goes hand in hand, right? So seeing how our negative emotions actually feed those collective fields and taking responsibility and saying, I'm going to be a responsible citizen. And I'm gonna do anything and everything possible to not contribute to the pollution of this wonderful, beautiful planet. And I'm gonna do this work for me, for my children, for the future generations and for the global, uh, for the the greatest, best good of all, for the highest good of all.
0: So well put, thank you. That was beautiful, Mm -hmm. thank you for this conversation I love your insight I love your perspective I love how you've uh, taken different concepts and made them your own I think it's important for all of us to have that reminder of making this our own so thank you so much Tatiana for being here so glad it worked
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you dear and thank you everybody for listening bye bye we'll be back next week